Good morning, church. So, um, let's pray. Um, good morning, Lord. Thank you for uh, being with you today, Lord. Thank you that uh, we have this privilege to hear your word, Lord. May everything that falls out and comes out of my mouth will be there just to glorify you and praise you, Lord. May everything that we hear will plant a seed in our heart and that it will be with us and guide us in the days of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. So, uh, today, um, last time I was here, I was talking about testing. So, last time we were talking about um, testing or about social pressure. So, with how we, we were conforming to the world instead of the word. So, we'll continue with that because, like I said, God is testing our faith. And our faith uh, needs to be exercised. It's like a muscle that you need to exercise so it can, can grow, can be strong. And, and, and God just tests our faith and tests us with, uh, by our character. So, so today we'll be talking about the testing of faith um, with being God of my valleys. So uh, we'll start with a, a joke. So, uh, Break the ice. So uh, there's this um, doctor who was talking to his patient, and he was saying, um, I've got bad news and worse news. So, so the patient says, okay, give it to me. I can handle it. So the doctor said, the bad news is you have 24 hours to live. And he said, that's the bad news. What, what could be worse than that? Now that's 24 hours to live. And the doctor said, the worst news is, I forgot to tell you yesterday. So, uh, so sometimes we, uh, we, we have that situation from, you know, from bad news to worse news in an instant we, that we can't control. So sometimes um, in the Bible it talks about valleys. Valleys in the Bible talks about an actual place but it also, it's also a metaphor for the bad times in our life. So um, during um, the Old Testament time, there, the Israelites were in a similar situation. There were um, all these armies are gathering and trying to, um, to invade them. So, so what they did, um, God has saved the Israelites from the invasion of these uh, 32 armies. And they were saved. They, God had provided victory for them. But um, after a year, these, uh, these armies are trying to invade Israel again. And they said, all right, we've, we've, uh, we've discovered why we lost. They said, because, let me see, in, uh, in First Kings, Verses 20 to 23, it says, Meanwhile, the officials of the king of Aram advised him, Their gods are gods of the hills. That is why we were too, they were too strong for us. But if we fight them on the plains, surely we will be stronger than they. So they discovered, oh yes, because their gods are the gods of the valleys mean of the hills. We were fighting them in the wrong place. 
what if we fight them in the valleys? Because their God is just a God of their, uh, of their hills. So, so this time, surely we will be better than them. So um, with that thinking, they were thinking, uh, they're trying to think the God of Israel is like their, their normal gods. They're, they have gods for everything. You know, they have gods for, for prosperity, they have gods for, for their uh, victory. So they're thinking Israel's God is the same as their God. That they only have a God for each and everything. But God thought differently with um, saying in 1 Kings 20.28, they said, The man of God came up and told the king of Israel, This is what the Lord says. Because the Arameans think the Lord is the God of the hills and not a God of the valleys, I will deliver this vast army into your hands, and you will know that I am the Lord. So, so with that, God was saying, I am not just a God of your heels. I'm not just a God when everything is okay, when everything's doing well. I am also the God of your valleys. When everything is not doing well, when everything is, is, in, is a, in a bad situation, I am there. So God is not just a God of our hills, where uh, at the peak of our um, uh, status, where the, the view is good. We're not only praising God when we are in that highest peak in our life. We also need to praise God in the lowest. Because He is always there. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I am with you. That's what He said. He's not only there in our peaks of experiences, but he's also in the valleys. So today, we're going to talk about three things. What we know about valleys, and what kind of valleys to expect, and what we should remember where we're in that situation of, um, of our lives in the valleys. Okay, so, what do we know about valleys? So valleys, number one, you take out your, your message notes. There's no exam after this, okay? Message notes, it says, number one, valleys are a part of life. They are inevitable. So valleys, everyone experiences once, you know, in our lifetime, maybe more, maybe more in our lifetime, valleys. We experience them. Everyone is not exempted. Everyone has them. No one is exempted. Even as a Christian, uh, we still have to go through valleys. Um, like I said, it's a test of faith as well. So um, in Deuteronomy 11, verses 11, it says, the promised land you are about to enter is a land of hills and valleys. So even if you're in the center of God's will, there will be valleys. So, you know, we just need to know they're, they're, they're there. They're there. They're always there. It's a part of God's plan as well. In First Peter 12, it says, Don't be surprised when you are tested by troubles or painful suffering as if something unusual is happening to you. So they're, they're, they're natural. In, in this broken world, we're always going through 
valleys in our lives. And number two, valleys happen to everyone. They're impartial. So um, in Psalm 34, 19, it says, The good man does not escape all troubles. He has them too. But the Lord helps him in each and every one. So, so like I said, we live in a broken world. So there's always this. These are, they are impartial. Like every, everyone has them. Uh, the, the, those who believe, those who doesn't believe, they all, we all go through valleys. Um, you know, like the, the, uh, the rain falls on the just and the unjust, Jesus said. So they're, they're, um, they're impartial. And another thing is they're unpredictable. Valleys come when you are not prepared. So it's like you can't say, oh, I'm doing well with my career. I'm doing well with my family. Okay, God, give me your, your uh, test. Test me now while I'm ready. No, it, doesn't, it doesn't happen like that. Uh, frequently, valleys come, troubles come in our lives when we are least prepared. So, so what we can, we can do is we, we, uh, you know, we need to know um, what sort of valleys we are and then we know how to handle them. In Proverbs 27 verse 1, it says, Don't ever brag about tomorrow since you don't know what the day will bring forth. So we don't know what will happen. In an instant, things can change. Situation can change. You're happy now, and in an instant, it can change. Someone might, you know, uh, bring bad news to you. You're just doing well. You're in church. You're praising, and then you have a call and some bad news with, with some bad news. So, so it can happen in an instant when you are least prepared. So the Bible is filled with significant valleys. We'll, we'll We'll know them in a while. So I've put up a few of them for us to study and learn and so that we can be prepared. So, so they're impartial, they're inevitable, they're unpredictable, but we can, uh, when, when we're in them, we would know how to handle them. So once we know how to handle them, then it would help us and then we'd know uh, what to do with them. So the first valley we can look at is the Valley of Siddim. The Valley of Siddim um, was mentioned in Genesis 14. Genesis 14 verses 8 to 11. So this is um, this is when there were um, you know, in, in The Hobbit, they have the, the climax scene, which is called the Battle of the Five Armies. Right? If those who know about it, there's this scene about five Battle of the Five Armies. There's five armies battling into one. But this story is a battle of nine armies. So it's, it's bigger. It's big. So, so what happens is they, they're trying to, uh, to fight in a, like... There's this country is fighting all together, and they said in Genesis 14, 8 to 11, it says, Then the king of Sodom, the king of Gomorrah, the king of Adma, the king of Zeboim, and the king of Bela, that is Zoar, marched out and drew up their battle lines in the valley of Sidim. Verse 9, 
against the Kedor Lamer, king of Elam, Tidal king of Goem, Amraphel, king of Shinar, and Ariok, king of Elisar. Four kings against five, so that's nine. Right. Now, the valley of Sidim, now the valley of Sidim was full of carpets. And when the king of Sodom and Gomorrah fled, some of the men fell into them, and the rest fled to the hills. The four kings seized all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their food, and then they went away. So, uh, so when they were fighting in this valley, this valley is full of carpets, which is like that. So, um, you know tar? They're like sticky, fluidy thing like they use for asphalt. And when you woke up one morning and the girl is all black, that's tar. So, so this, it's filled of, of all of this. It looks like, uh, like this, it's yucky black thing. So, um, so when they were fighting, when they were fighting, some of the men slipped and fell into this target, and then they get stuck. So in some uh, translation, it says, the valley was full of sticky carpets, and when they tried to run away from the battle, they slipped and fell into the pits. So when they were trying to run away, they slipped and they fell and they get stuck. So this valley is our valley of failure. When you slip and you fall and you get stuck. So sometimes when we run away from something, Maybe like a, a responsibility, run away, and then we fall, and then we get stuck. So it's, some of us, it might be some, some addiction or something that gets us stuck, some habits that get us stuck, some um, relationships maybe, that we may get stuck. So the um, thing is, it doesn't matter how or where you get stuck, Jesus can get you out of your pit. Jesus can get you out of your situation. So the Valley of Sidim is your greatest failure. It's your greatest embarrassment. You know, the kings were running away from the battle and they get stuck. So, so it's like they're well known and then they found out they're running away. And then they get stuck. And then people are laughing at them. Um, I remember when I was young, uh, we, were, we were playing near the, the river in the Philippines. And uh, we were, um, when I, I was that young, I was already cosplaying. So I had this uh, uh, superhero costume running away with my friends. And one time we fell into the river. And the river wasn't really like a nice river. They're like you know, dirty, murky river. So we fell in. 
and uh, yeah, and people were laughing at us, and the kids, other kids, oh, he's the one who fell. So, and, and he was wearing a superhero, he couldn't even save himself. So, <laughs> so it was like that. So it was embarrassing, right? And every time I, I see my friend, and he always says, do you remember when we fall into that river? And I said, how can I forget? So, <laughs> so it's, it's, it's an embarrassment. So that's an embarrassment. And in, in that, that is the Valley of Siddim, where, where we look foolish and everyone sees us fall. So um, what's your Valley of Siddim? So that's number one. Number two is the Valley of Eshkol. The Valley of Eshkol, you know, this is the story of the Israelites after Moses has saved them from um, the Egyptians. So they were wandering around the desert for 40 days, 40 years. 40 years they've been going around the desert where it could only take them a few weeks to get to the promised land. Because, you know, they, God is testing them and they keep failing their test. So, so eventually they come to the promised land, just at the edge of the promised land. And, and they said, let us count the land. This promised land, you know, it's already promised, but they still want to scout the land. Uh, so, but you know, God um, said, "Yes, yes, go ahead, scout the land." So we all know they have these 12, 12 scouts, and two of them is um, uh, Joshua and Caleb. So, so the two of them, the ten of them, went out. So it was a really uh, nice land, if you can see there's the grapes that has to be carried by two people it's that big everything's big in that land everything's big so it's mentioned in Numbers 13, 23 so when they reached the valley of Eshkol, they cut off a branch bearing a single cluster of grapes two of them carried it on a pole between them, along with some pomegranates and figs. So they went, went in and they have all these things, nice things they, they've seen, all these nice things, big things. So, so they came back and they gave an account to Moses. And they said, they gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us and it does, it does flow with milk and honey. Here is the fruit. But the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and they and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev, the Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Then Caleb spread among the Israelites Bad, eh, sorry, and they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land and they had explored they said the land we explored devours those living in it all the people we saw there are of great size so uh, we saw the Nephilim there the descendants of Anak came from Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes and we looked the same to them. 
So, uh, so they came in. So they have all these good you know, provisions. It is flowing with, with milk and honey as, as promised. But there's a big but. There's giants there. You know, how can we defeat all these giants? There's, there's, um, there's uh, oppositions for us. So, um, so they have this fear. They have this fear. They look, we look like grasshoppers to them. In our own eyes, they said. In our own eyes, we look like grasshoppers. So they have this, um, this, this problem that they're, they're not good enough. Yeah. So 12 of them went in, 10 gave different accounts, and 2 said, yes, we can do it. So the valley of Eshkol is the valley of fear. The valley of fear, where I either move ahead or give up. So, so what is the place you need to move forward in? If you're in the valley of fear, if you're in the valley of Eshkol, you need to move forward. So if you're having this situation where you feel like you need to move forward, you need to, to get out and you know, move, move ahead of your life, but something's um, uh, scaring you, something's not, um, um, there's, there's a hindrance to your moving forward. Even though you know God is telling you to move forward, God is telling you, has promised you to move forward, and you feel like it's the right thing, and, but there's something, there's, there's this fear that you, uh, that you don't want to. Yeah. Um, so sometimes it, it might be a, uh, a career change, or, or even with, with, with our own spirituality, sometimes we, we want to, you know, to serve God or to, uh, to accept Him. But there's this fear that people might not like you anymore or, or you might not be in the group anymore. So, so it's that situation. So how do you know? How do you know when you're in the Valley of Eshkol? Well, if you see it as an obstacle or do you see it as an opportunity? So 10 of the uh, scouts saw an obstacle too, saw an opportunity. So, uh, so that's the valley of Eshkol. So number three is the valley of Elah. Elah is a well-known uh, story of uh, a young boy named David. So you, see, you all know the, the story, David and Goliath. So, so the Palestinians were were there, and the uh, Israelites were on the other side, which is mentioned in 1 Samuel 17. It says, Saul and the Israelites assembled and camped in the valley of Elah and drew up their battle line to meet the Philistines. The Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another with a valley between them. A champion named Goliath uh, was from Gath, came out of the Philistines' camp. He was over nine feet tall. So, um, so that's the situation. So there, there's, there's uh, the Philistines on one side, 
and the Israelites on one side, and the Philistines were taunting them. Philistines, like the um, Goliath was telling, you know, you're, you're nothing, you're a weakling, you're all wimps, saying, come fight me. And, and, they, and the Israelites were, were scared. The Israelites were running away, and, and, they, and they don't know what to do. They don't know what to do. But David came, came in and said, why, you, why do you fear this guy? You know, and, and you know, David, David wrote this book, some, the Psalms, and he was saying, you know, God, God is with me. So, but said, I, I, will, uh, I will fight for you. I will fight him. So, because he knows this God, he doesn't need to know how big Goliath is because he knows how big God is. So, in the valley of, of Elah is our valley of conflict. The valley of conflict, when we face a giant challenge, when someone is at your face, when there's an opposition, when someone is telling you no, or you're not good enough, you know, that's, that's, that's our valley. When you have an opposition, someone is at your face, both of you are taking a stand with the valley between you. So you're taunting, you're being taught, taunt. So um, in First Samuel 32, he said, don't worry, David said, don't worry about the Philistine. I'll go fight him because David trusts the Lord. So if you're, that, you're in that situation, when someone is against you, when someone is um, uh, uh, in your face or someone is, you have an opposition, you're in the valley of Elah, the valley on, of conflict. And the other one is the valley of Baca, which is number four. The Valley of Baca is in Psalm uh, 84. Baca. So Baca, not sure. <laughs> Baca in Hebrew, in Hebrew is to weep. So there is uh, an actual Valley of Baca. So, so everyone, uh, all the pilgrims who wants to go to uh, Jerusalem, they have to go through this valley. It's a desert. It's a desert of, uh, it's a wasteland, it's a dry place. Nothing grows there. So when the, when the pilgrims go through uh, this valley to Jerusalem, they need to go through this, this valley. So it's mentioned in the Psalm 84. Psalm 84, it says, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. So the valley of Baca is the valley of grief, the valley of weeping, the valley of barrenness, where nothing grows, where sometimes you're in that situation when you feel like you're all dried up, you feel like you can't do, th do things anymore, you're, or maybe you're, you're, uh, you're, you're grieving, or maybe you, are, you, know, you, you, you feel like you're all dried up, you feel like you're you're unproductive. There's no more joy in you. You're in the valley of Baca. 
Nothing grows there, nothing productive, no fruits, just tears. But when you go through the valley of Baca, God wants you to make it a place of strength. He wants to turn the desert into a valley of springs. Um, in Psalm 74, they said as they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it. So what happens is our faith turns a place without water into a place of springs. Where you can find refreshments and where you can find what God wants to do in your life. So, so what happens is God wants us to mature. God wants us to, to grow from strength to strength. To, to make the place, even a dry place, God wants us to make it a place of springs. So we need to meet Him. He, he will ask when, when we finally meet Him, like uh, when we're facing with Him. He would ask us, what have you learned? Have you grown from strength to strength? When you're in the valley of confusion, when you're in the valley of trouble, what have you learned? Have you conquered it? Have you gone through? So that's um, another thing is we only go through the valleys. We don't stay there. We go through the valleys. And, and with that, going through them, it makes us a different person. It changes us. It strengthens us. And that's the test of our faith. That's how God wants us to learn, wants us to recover, wants us to be more uh, every day from glory to glory. He wants us to be that kind of person that he wants us. So we all know all these valleys. So once we know where we are, then these are the things we should remember. What do we need to remember where we're, where we're in this valleys. So one thing is, let's remember that I am not alone. God is with me. So, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. For you are with me. God is always there for us. And if you look at the word through the valley like I said, it's just temporary. We're just passing through. We're just going through it. God won't just take us out of our valley. He wants us to go through it. And He is there with us anyway. He's, he, he won't leave you. He won't forsake you. He will let you go through the valley. He will make you stronger. And, you know, for you are with me. He said, you. It means we are not alone. God is always with us. And the shadow of the valley of death. There's an actual valley called the shadow of the, it's called the valley of death, where it's, it's just a thin valley, and, but it's so high that the, the light won't shine through the bottom. It only shines at the bottom when it's at, straight at it. But otherwise, it's, all, it's always dark. So that's the valley of the shadow of death. So the one thing we know about shadows is they're, sometimes they are, well, most of the time, they're bigger than the actual thing. You know when we, with the cartoons or in the movies, they only, they only see the shadow and they're scared. And then it comes out just a little, little, little thing. So that's, that's what shadows are. They're, they're, far, they're 
far greater than the actual thing. It's just an image without sub substance. It's like, um, have you ever been hit by a shadow of a truck? So the, the, when you hit with a truck, it's different from when you hit with a shadow of a truck. But it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't hurt you. The shadow doesn't hurt you. Uh, so, so our fear is just based on what we see, on, on, on what we think we see. But you know, the shadow, it, it's nothing. It's just uh, an image. It's just a, something without substance. But the one thing about shadows is there is no shadow without the presence of light. There's always a light to cast a shadow. You can't have a shadow when you don't have light. There's always a source of light. So there's, there's always a presence of the light. Shadows in, implies the presence of light. God, God is with me. That's why we, we have shadows. And the only way you can deal with shadow, you turn away from the shadow and face the light. Do you believe that? Amen. So, so that's the only way you, you turn. You, you take your focus away from your fear. You, know, you name your fear and, and look away from your fear and face the Father. Face the light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Those who believe in me will not never walk in shadows, but have everlasting light. So, so, so you need to face Jesus, the light of the world. Stop focusing on the things that scares you to death. You know, those, your worries, your fears, stop thinking about them and, and face the Father. So that's shadow. In Isaiah 43, it says, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. So God is there with you. God is your light. You know when, when you're in a tunnel or, or suddenly there's a power failure, it's all dark. First thing you look for is light. So when you're going through the tunnel, you look through the end of the tunnel, which is the light. You keep focusing on the light. So you, you focus on the light, not your fears. So that's number one, is remember, we need to know, God is with us. And number two, remember God has a good purpose for our valleys. So people were saying, you know, why, why do I have this? Why, why? Do I always have these problems? For God, God has a good purpose for that. There is one thing God cannot do, and that is to do evil. God can do everything, but not do evil. He only can do good. He has a plan for every one of us. So in, in Romans 5, uh, verses 3 to 5, it says, Not only that, but we rejoice our sufferings in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character. And character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So, so 
So God is building our character. When we go through the valley, that character is going to last. When we go through the valley, it strengthens us. And it would outlast everything else. So when, when we go through the valley, God is with us. And he gives us uh, his presence. His presence is with us. But in, um, in Hosea, it says, I will return her vineyards to her and transform the valley of trouble into a gateway of hope. So the valley of trouble is the valley of a core. So, so whatever we, we are in trouble, wherever in that valley, God gives us hope. God gives us his presence and God gives us his strength. In Colossians 1.11, God will strengthen you with his own great power so that you will not give up when troubles come, but you will be patient. So it's not just going to give you his presence. He's going to give you his power as well. So we have that power. It's not that to just help you and push you, he'll only also give you that power to, to go through your valleys. And the last one is remember the reward will last forever. The reward will last forever. In um, Corinthians uh, 4, says, We have small troubles for a while now, but they are helping us gain an eternal glory that is much greater than the troubles. So we are in this trouble for a while. It's just for a while. But, you know, God, there's, there's an eternal glory. When, when we pass the test, there is an eternal uh, uh, reward for this. So, um, so we know that we all go through different valleys. Uh, for a follower of Christ, it's a bit different from an unbeliever to go through these valleys. So the thing is, it's not because of the absence of shadow, but because of the presence of the shepherd. We have a shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Regardless of the valleys we are facing, it is not going to last. There is a way out, but you need to decide. You need to know. You need to trust in the shepherd. You know the difference between a shepherd and the cowboys? The shepherd leads the flock. The shepherd um, shows the way. Whereas in the cowboys, they're at the back and they're, you know, they're like pushing the cattle forward. But a good shepherd is the one who leads them home. A good shepherd is the one who leads the way. The shepherd is Jesus. You need to commit your life to Jesus so that you can go through the, those different valleys. And God, God loves us so much. God will always provide a way if you believe in him. Um, there's this video that um, it's, it's, it's sort of like a love letter to us. It's all the verses in the Bible put into one. And it, it shows the love of God for us. Let's watch this video.
about to experience are true. They will change your life if you let them. For they come from the very heart of God. He loves you. And He is the Father you have been looking for all your life. This is His love letter to you.
for in Jesus my love for you is revealed. He is the exact representation of my being. He came to demonstrate that I am for you, not against you, and to tell you that I am not counting your sins. Jesus died so that you and I could be reconciled. His death was the ultimate expression of my love for you. I gave up everything I love that I might gain your love. If you receive the gift of my son Jesus, you receive me. And nothing will ever separate you from my love again. Come home and I'll throw the biggest party heaven has ever seen. I have always been father and will always be father. My question is, will you be my child? this is because of the goodness of God. So there is more valleys, there is one more valley that we need to know. There is one valley that we have to make. It's the valley of decision. In Joel 3.14 it says, multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. So, so in this valley we need to know, we need to Decide whether we should follow the shepherd, whether we should look away from the shadow and look to the light. So we need to decide to make God the center of our life. We need to decide to trust Him that He will guide us through the valleys. We can always turn to Him for He is gracious and He is kind. He does not envy or boast. His ways are always higher than our own. There is power in the name of Jesus, a name so holy that demons shudder because of it. We must never underestimate the power of His name. Through the name of Jesus, we are saved. The name of Jesus is the name above every other name. Miracles happen through the name of Jesus. He is the Alpha. He is the Omega. He is the author and perfecter of our faith. He is the bread of life, chief cornerstone, deliverer, redeemer, and the good shepherd. He is all this and more. Be encouraged today that even when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that when his name is in your lips, something happens supernaturally. For there is power in the name of Jesus.
stand up.
Let your, sh- your love shine in us, Lord. May even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil, for you are with us, Lord. Let us help, help us take that step, Lord. Take us out of the dark and take us out of the shadows and into the light. May we look through your face, Lord, one more time and see your glory. We seek your glory, Lord. And through this, Lord, we will be stronger and braver, Lord. We can conquer everything in, the, in your name, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, we are victorious. In the name of Jesus Christ, miracles happen. In the name of Jesus Christ, lives are restored. We, we come to you, Lord. We, we humble ourselves in your presence. All this, Lord, we, we pray in your name. In Jesus' name, we pray all of this. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. That was beautiful from... Praise God. Hallelujah. As we have learned...